And you know that time is now 8 minutes past the hour of 2 And you are tuned to Madrasa on E Of course developing Islam in me I'm going to be your host today Myself Yasmina Peterson And I'm going to be up in your company Up until 4 o'clock inshallah A long special guest in studio None other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Sheikh Assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Sheikh once again for coming into studio and presenting to us Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me Now Sheikh we are going to be touching on our first segment and that is Knowing My Lord We're going to be recapping from where we stopped yesterday inshallah Okay bismillahir rahmanir rahim Shukran jazakallah khair for that adi yasmina Allow me just to get into our introduction. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya wa'ad. Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yassid li amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una. Wanfa'na bima allamtana. Warzukna ilman yadha al-jalali wal-ikram. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises due to Allah to know always and forever. Then love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, himself, his family, his friends and all those who has followed his path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Ameen, ameen, thumma ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah, we, uh, uh, normally we start off with the program from outside with a dua, if you don't mind. And would we mind to put our hands together and making dua that Allah would like accept from all of us? A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والجنة للموحدين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار رب يا رب العالمين ربي زدني علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله um, We are in the first segment Knowing my Lord الحمد لله In this segment uh, uh, What we looked at about yesterday We were dealing with the issue of Uluhiyya And we went a bit further Right? And now remember in the issue of the Uluhiyya we said to us the importance of Uluhiyya is the recognition of the fact that our submission to that Lord Allah. Now uh, everything in Rububiyya has to do with Allah and His might and powers and Uluhiyya has to do with our side, your side, my side, your children's side, your, your family side, your, your parents' side, your side as the person. Which means, what, what is our relationship with Allah? How do we relate to Allah? Our response to the commands, our, uh, how do we deal with those things, is the issue, issue of Rububiyya. Submission to that, to, 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 to what Allah wants.
commands and Allah's commands and things is giving the right to rububiyyah of Allah. And not submission is rejecting the rububiyyah for Allah and giving it to somebody other than Allah. And everybody in this life lives with rububiyyah as a fact. Which means nobody can live in this life without rububiyyah. Each and every one of us have rububiyyah in us. But is our rububiyyah for Allah? Are we seeing Allah as the one that we submit to? Because if we do not submit, submit to Allah, then surely there is only one other that we submit to. And He offers us a billion and one different formats. But it's only Him we submit to. And He is shaitan. May Allah protect us. So in, in the life of man, man either submit to Allah or you submit to shaitan. And remember what we said to you right at the beginning in this segment, the role he played of wanting to be in charge. And he said to Allah, I will fight them. I will break them down. I will be in every corner, every side, every nook, every space possible for me. I will leave no second, no millionth of a second them alone. I will be there at every moment. I will be perpetuating. I will never ever stop. And I'm going to do my best to break them away, not to worship you. And I'm going to give them a Lord other than you. Many, many millions of other Lords available for them to choose from so that they do not worship you. Subhanak. Allahu Akbar. And the unfortunate situation is that Many a people go there not even realizing. But now this is again coming back to the processes. The more we understand of Allah, we come to recognize whether we want to accept Him as our Lord in Rububiyyah and Uruhiyyah. And if we can do that, then Alhamdulillah, we take Allah as that Lord and we worship Him. If we cannot and we want not, or shaitan takes us away, na'udhu billah, may Allah protect us. And Allah offers us so many means that we can be protected from the process of shaitan taking the upper hand from us. Ya Rab, there's various easy ways which we're going to deal with somewhat later. So we dealt with that in the issue of rububiyyah. And then thereafter, we said we'd love to give all of us an understanding of the uh, how rububiyyah develops because rububiyyah is to do with you and me our reaction towards Allah but now towards Allah in what? making salah giving zakah going for fast going to the man to, 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 to Makkah for, for Umrah and Hajj that is a portion of rububiyyah that's I mean a portion of uluhiyyah but there's uluhiyah in our life in everything that Allah has commanded us. We've given some examples. You and I, whether we like it or not, we are children. We came to this earth, we have a mom and we do, do have a dad, right? Whether we know them or not, they are our parents. And Allah has commanded and uh, compelled us to give them all the reverence that they deserve because Allah has given that order. Allah has given the order that you and I must, and we don't have a yes, but, a no, but, an ends to the process. The, com the, 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 given, the, the fact that you and I as child 
no matter how young or how old we are, your age has got nothing to do with the fact that you have a parent. The fact that you have a parent, the reverence is what they deserve from you and from me. Yes? The law of nature says if you and I can actually go to extend to break our backs for our moms and our dads, Allah will grant our children to be of that nature that they will only show utter respect, reverence and honor and dignity and going out of their way and breaking their backs for us. But that is what is the law of Allah. Yes, Allah doesn't mean Allah is not going to challenge us or challenge our children. Allah is going to challenge them and they are our challenges but if we do things sincerely for the sake of Allah Allah is going to allow that our offspring is going to go onto that path because obedience to Allah is that when you and I understand what is it that you and I are doing to Allah's command Allah's command is you serve your parents, you break your back for them, you run the million miles and you, go, you forever serve them and whatever you do they are the most important especially if you are a son. Your mom is the most important person in your total life. Nobody but nobody can ever come to a position, not even your dad. Listen to the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when the Sahabi asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam O Messenger of Allah, who is deserving the best of my relationship and support and love and care to anybody in this world? Who is, the, who is my highest? The Nabi said to him, your mother. He, related, he was silent for a few seconds and then he says and then thereafter O messenger of Allah who secondly should I choose and then he said to him your mother and then he says in silence for a few seconds and then he says O messenger of Allah then if I've chosen my mother the first time and I've chosen my mother the second time if I've chosen in level one the highest level and I just chose the level just beneath that who, who do I choose in the third level the Nabi said well, Sims, your mother so so almost obvious that's nobody else so your dad doesn't even stand a chance being in your mom so when he asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then who thereafter the Nabi says to him then your father not your friends they weren't in the equation at all not your, your partner he's not in the equation not your children not the rest of your family not the, those people you think you love and you care who gives you no not them they are not in any way ever 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 in equation to the role and position of mom as the command of Allah for the uluhiyah to Allah your and my submission to Allah if Allah gives the command we submit and that is uluhiyah to Allah so just one, one of those examples there's many other examples we then went yesterday into having to look at what is it and how is it that the generations before us had to deal with uluhiyah and how and what did they do with uluhiyah and we went to Nabi Adam and his children and we saw the things that happened in their time and how the issue of Nabi Adam instructing his family as the first Nabi to humanity guiding them what is the rule and what is the law for every instruction from Allah goes to Jibreel Jibreel then takes it over to the Nabi and the Nabi presents it to his people he presents it in one in word 
and in action and it shows them what to do. Do note that you can send through your questions to the number 072 238-0712 that is our WhatsApp line is 072-238-0712 alternatively send through an SMS to 47913 we are still in our first segment and that is Knowing My Lord so if you have any questions pertaining to what Sheikh has been mentioning and that is the topic pertaining to Knowing My Lord then you are welcome to send through your questions through to that numbers in which I have mentioned but now I hand over to Sheikh that Sheikh will be continuing inshallah bismillah shukran Alhamdulillah, to our listeners out there, we were busy on recapping as to, as to what we dealt with yesterday. And part of that was we said we were dealing with the uh, the children of Nabi Adam والسلام, and that was in yesterday's program and we looked at certain aspects of the things that Allah mentions to us. Now remember, um, when Allah has dealt with the various Anbiya, Allah has given to them all the same message about the Uluhiyah of Allah. The Rububiyah of Allah is obviously they gave them that. And they, they obviously, and it was very easy for the first group of people to accept that. Because there was nobody else around them and their father being the Nabi, guiding them and showing them. But then it happened so as time went on, Allah mentions to us certain things that is of relevance to us. Things that, is, uh, can, that we can relate to and things that we can look into our lives and see that happens of what it has was the laws. Allah doesn't give us the full situation, what the, the situation is of their life. But one thing we do know, and we've mentioned this yesterday, the fact that Allah, this was the first group of people to come to the earth, so Allah has allowed every child that came forth, came forth in the situation of, a, of twins. It is noted that Nabi Adam had a hundred and nine children, a hundred and eight of them were a set of twins, and the last one was a single child. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata billah. Now, the, if, if, if the first set of twins comes, the law of Allah is the first set of twins will be a pigeon pair, male and female, and that was the common and the norm with Nabi Adam's wife, Sayyidatina Hawa. That become the norm, and Allah made it the law by Allah through His Nabi, Nabi Adam, for the children, that the time that this children needs to become the came of age and they need to get married one day. It needs to happen that the, the, the pair of the first pair becomes the partners of the second pair, which means the male of the first one gets married to the female of the second one. And the female of the first one gets married to the male of the second one. And that was the norm. And, and it, it took to the process that the, the norm went into position. But Allah then showed us what happened with one of the sons of Nabi Adam, the eldest one who in actual fact felt that the girl of the other side is not as beautiful as the girl that he was born with. So he felt that he wanted to just carry, carry on living with her. She is his own sister, so to say. And they could actually come about by having to build a relationship. But the situation came that Shaitan persuaded the one to be able to have his right. And he then took the life of the other. And Allah showed us through the law of Allah, rejecting the submission, the law of Allah has been rejecting what we call the Uruhiyyah of Allah Ta'ala. But in the story or the understanding of what happened in the time of Nabi Adam, or it just after his demise, the development of shaitan allowing them to be exposed to music, 
to be exposed to dancing, to be exposed to uh, gambling, and to be exposed to 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 uh, intoxication uh, such as wine. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah has opened the door for all the forms of fasad, and has opened the door as a means to be able to offer man the reason to be able to be disobedient to Allah and not to be able to so shaitan offered them the beauty of this world and enticed into them to love the dunya and to love the music and to love the dancing and so obviously the parties and so obviously the the, the, the sexist movement and so obviously the clothing and the issues that obvious happens with that right and the dress and the makeups and all those things those are the obvious basic things that happen yet in the time of Nabi Adam already but the uluhiyya was the purpose for establishment and shaitan has offered them everything to allow them to subtly move away from submission to Allah now he doesn't come and say to you don't worship Allah he doesn't do that he's, he's too cute too sweet he knows how to get to your mind. He knows how to get to the professors of us. He knows how to get to the salihin of us. And he subtly gets to you and he offers you something subtle, very subtle, soft. And, and, and you, 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 your circumstances allow you almost to submit. If you, do not, if you and I don't have a link with Allah, then most probably we can fall very quick. But this is what he does. So he uses the world around us and makes the world to be... It's a norm. What, what is around us is norm. You're just going to accept it. But is the norm in the world today the norm of what Allah and His Rasul expects of us? You and I need to realize that. May Allah grant us to be of those people who recognize. And so we've seen what has happened with... Uh, with shaitan and the children of Nabi Adam, he offered them many, many things, right? To the extent that he managed to be able, when the one son said to the other, I'm going to kill you, the other said, I will never lift up my hands because it's Allah's command that we shouldn't take the life of others. But when unfortunately shaitan has overpowered him, the first one, and he took over the life of the other, Billah. Allah reminds us in the Quran that he went in remorse, in pain, in uncomfort of the fact that he felt he wanted to, that, that if he, he felt uncomfortable for the fact that he killed his brother. Because killing wasn't known to them. And, 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 and he just felt he wanted to react and wanted to, so to hurt. Um, like when the, the two people fight, but not realizing when they fight, then there's going to come a process of hurting one another extremely, and this is what happened. And when he hurt his brother extremely, he actually killed his brother. When the killing came about, the remorse came after him, trying to find, to get his brother back to life, coming to realize my brother has passed on, he's left this world. But Allah tell us using all this and informing us about all this, for the fact that you and I can fall, uh, find ourselves falling in almost similar situations. And this is the reason why when we actually look at how Allah guides this, because Allah wants us to realize, Rububiyya, I mean, Uluhiyya is our submission to Allah. 
Did Allah allow us to go to the extent of taking wine, of going for gambling, of going for, for, for indecent uh, dress, or going to... These things was not permissible already in the time of Nabi Adam and his guide and his family. What is submission to Allah? So there was a group of the children of Nabi Adam who was in total submission to want to carry out. They, in the sight of Allah, are those people who submitted to their Lord and they will be the righteous people the Al Qiyamah. There's the other group who's gone in opposition, who has followed, followed the path of shaitan, who shaitan has corrupted and unfortunately, you and I, may Allah protect us, probably can be corrupted to shape by shaitan. Now, Allah Ta'ala knows the human being. And Allah is prepared already since the time of Nabi Adam, when Allah gave him the instruction in Jannah, do not go unto that tree. And the pain for Nabi Adam is, he knew the rububiyah of Allah, he saw the might and the power and the greatness and the glory of everything, and he saw how Allah has empowered and enriched him with so much information, and how he was given the ability to be the great personality as the father of the human race. He knew the powers of Allah. But he didn't realize yet the uluhiya of Allah until Allah gave him the instruction, said to him, abstain from X. Stay away from that. Abstain. So we said in, in, in uluhiya, it's about the command being given. The command is either an instruction of, inf, of execution, where we execute something, or we abstain from something, right? So here the abstinence was from Nabi Adam had to abstain. But what did shaitan say? He said to Allah, tell her, I am going to do everything, I'm not going to stop. And yet in Jannah already, he did his best to be able to harm Nabi Adam. So the process was that shaitan was coming. And remember, shaitan came to Nabi Adam. Shaitan came to the children of Nabi Adam. But Allah has presented the message to Nabi Adam already before he left Jannah. Before he came to the earth, when he says, Rabbana dhalamna anfusana fa'illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. Oh Allah, if you pardon us not, if you take us not back, then we will surely be of the losers. And the path for us is only for destruction for this world and destruction in the hereafter. Na'udhu Billah. May Allah protect all of us. For Allah wish not that for mankind, except for those of the human race who are careless and doesn't want to take the path of Allah. May Allah not command us to be amongst them. Ameen. Amen, inshallah. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Just a slight reminder that you can send through your questions on our topic, Knowing My Lord, our segment Knowing My Lord, on the numbers 072-238-0712. That number once again is 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to the number 47913. If you have any questions pertaining to our segment Knowing My Lord, that Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams has just been speaking about if you have just tuned in then you are tuned to the program Madrasan E developing Islam in me with myself Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio now Sheikh while we are waiting for some of the questions to come through Sheikh can continue inshallah thanks very very much for that one Yasmina Alhamdulillah we were on at this moment the part of, of knowing my Lord and we were busy with the children of Nabi Adam and 
we said that that is what happened to the children of Nabi Adam. But then Allah Ta'ala granted thereafter to come another Nabi of what we know after some time of the children of Nabi Adam and life has been developed and they went far and wide in the world, stayed in certain places in this world. A Nabi that is known to us by the name of Nabi Noah. For those people who is not Muslim, to them the word Noah is probably is the, the word. That this prophet Noah was the next one and him, he had a job and he dealt with his family and his people. Because the, the Nabi Adam did not have a people except for his children. Noah or Nabi Nuh had his, his family and his children together, right? And Allah gave them instructions like Allah gave to all the other people. And Allah gave them instructions in the time of Nabi Nuh has changed slightly because man has just initially got onto the earth with Nabi Adam and certain things had to be established and certain rights and certain positions. And so Allah had the permissibility with mankind to change as Allah decided it, that the law of Allah could change. The law of Allah being one never ever changes, right? The law of Allah being the only worthy of worship is a message that all the prophets brought to mankind until the final prophet which is the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam being the prophet to bring the same message of all the prophets giving the same basic message that worshipping belongs to none other but to the Lord but the process of the law of what happens like must probably be certain things would be permissible in the time of one Nabi that would change in another Nabi's time, right? And so that Allah Ta'ala has the app, because Allah is the Lord. He can change and He can allow the, the world to develop until processes is where man is and He gives, He gave the final message to the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the final message for the final people in the final hour and you and I are part of that, Right? So may Allah grant us to be able to come to realize that our concern must not be, yes, but how would this happen and how did that happen? Allah has given them instructions. The uluhiyya is about the fact that their instructions in submission to their Lord is what Allah asks, asks them. To Nabi Adam, there was a sense of uluhiyya in Jannah that he had to follow through. There is an uluhiyya to the children of Nabi Adam that they had to follow through. Because... In today's time, there is no such thing as a mother gives birth to, to, to twins. Every child is born a set of twins and the first one gets married to the second one. There is no such thing. That is the law of that time. And that, that's why the command is there to serve that law which comes from Allah. So Allah's command and law must be carried out by the people of the time. And so you and I live in this time beyond the, the, the law and order for this time and the command and for us in this time is the word of Allah, the Qur'an, that you and I need to live with. And as to how to understand that, is through that messenger which brought that Qur'an to us, because without him, all the messengers had to bring their message to their people and had to show them to their people how to understand and implement that. And only that which came from the Prophet of that time, that is the path. And so Allah sent this Nabi Nuh to his people in his time with his rules and regulations. The basic rule of Allah being the one to be worshipped is norm. 
But the unfortunate situation is, according to the action of the time of Nabi Nuh, people has fell in love with the world. And they fell in love with the things of this world. And Shaitan has now offered them all the various forms of means to worship any other besides Allah. And what happened? When Nabi Nuh tried to speak to them, to make their minds, to listen to him, they, they went as far as putting their fingers in their ears. So to say, don't preach to us. Or sometimes when Nabi Nuh came and he went into them in their gatherings, or where they were in the market, they would take their, their, their clothing and put it over their heads to show Nabi Nuh, or they turn their back onto Nabi Nuh. Now, this is a prophet sent by Allah, like our prophet that was sent to us, and some people accepted him, and others rejected him. Na'udhu billah. May Allah protect all of us and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our Um, Inshallah. For now, we break fires and when we come back, we'll continue with your program, Madrasa on E. Of course, developing Islam in me with special guests in studio, none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Ab. Alhamdulillah, as to the, the segment, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me in last y- yesterday's lesson, we spoke about the understanding of this Quran, the role of this Quran, and the Quran that has a purpose. Uh, the Quran as that reference for us, the Quran as that thing that Allah has sent to guide us, and we said to us, Allah sent to us a role model and a message. The role model was the, the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that came to the last hour in the last segment, uh, last part of life. He himself will be the role model for humanity until Yawm al-Qiyamah. He was sent for the modern age, the pre-modern age, the modern age, and the post-modern age. He was sent for all of them. And everything that is needed for you and me in the pre-modern age, in the modern age, and in the post-modern age, everything that you and I will ever be in need of, everything was given to us, number one, in the Quran, clear, very, very clear, and secondly, in the life of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, interacting that Quran out with the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, the challenges Allah has given them so that you and I can see through them what is it that you and I, how we need to live this deen and how do we present our rububiyyah to Allah when you and I are challenged with the challenges that has been there already. In the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, given to us via the various messages from the Anbiya all the time, allowing us to understand and exposing us to what has happened to mankind and their submission to Allah. And so you and I now ask ourselves, this Quran, is it possible for me to live without it? Is it possible for me to claim my Islam, that I am Muslim, but I am not going to make this Qur'an my book to read. Allah says to us that this Qur'an has a major purpose. The major purpose and objective of this Qur'an is so that it can take us away from the sirat of dalala and ignorance and jahiliyyah, but it takes us to the sirat al-mustaqim. So when mankind submit to this Qur'an, accepting this message of Allah through his messenger and is prepared to read this book to see what is it my Lord has sent to me. And non-Muslim when he reads it, 
when he wants to read it and he finds in he will find wisdom inside greatness glory to the extent that he realizes that there's nobody deserving and nothing deserves deserves except for he who's created everything he's the only one through this quran that he obviously then submits himself and he sees that this quran is only bringing about simplicity to mankind vastness in his law and command yet simplicity and ease in the life of man and as long as man is prepared to be able to submit to that take up the challenges given to him in life and then submit to his lord allah will grant him khair and, and barakah in his world and if he errs and he comes back in repentance allah's going to clean his slate for him and allah ta'ala will grant him the entry to jannah may allah grant that to happen to all of us that you come, we come to realize Allah only wishes for all of us the best. May Allah open the path. And so we've seen this Quran it's in its development as a purpose and its development is for the modern day, the modern world with the modern things. So the modern things that you and I are speaking about, we live in the time that's known to be the information age. There's billions and billions and billions of things of information. Like for instance, Professor Google can give you all the information. You can just place the button somewhere and Professor Google can shower you with tons and tons and tons of information. So we're living in the information age. It was not there in the time when the Nabi came. Yet the message that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi came with in this Quran has got the ability to deal with everybody so that we can get the understanding of living this world in the information age and come out successful on top, right on top in the information age through having to understand that it's not submission to the world only and what the world with its information age has but that we need to be able to have that submission to Allah. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. And so part of that modern world is the world of isms, the world of ologies, the world of sciences, right? And there's many sciences out there. But these sciences are all part of Allah Ta'ala's creation. He's created the stars. It's His creation. The stars has been there for billions of years. The sciences has been no less exactly before mankind came to the earth. The sciences in the detail were there. Man only developed through the sciences and only discovered it as they went through the development. They discovered certain things. But this is what they always, Allah has created it from its beginning. It wasn't something that man or man created to bring about science, no. Man has got no power to bring about anything. This was all Allah Ta'ala's creation. So the book, this Quran that Allah has sent, then because it was given to man that was going to deal with the development of the sciences so great in the day and time that you and I live in, this Quran has the capacity to deal with your life and mine. And this Quran specifies the sciences and deals with the sciences and actually put down the rules and the regulations of these sciences and opens the door for these sciences and allow it to be understood and that you and I can develop in these sciences. For if we do not go through the Quran, 
we will find many a people that doesn't have the, the way to find success through those things. But Allah wants us to realize the sciences in your modern day, good for you. Take to it, that's good. But if it's harmful, just put it aside. If it's not in submission that comes from Allah and His Messenger, put it aside. But the sciences initially has been created by Allah Ta'ala. So it's all His knowledge. It's all His abilities. It's all His power. It's all His rububiyya, as we said. He is the Lord of all the sciences. And everything in science is in total submission to Allah's command. For science is so direct, so precise, especially when you and I can go to um, the subject called um, biology and, and, and it was probably the subject called uh, um, uh, geography or the subject matter that there is found that you and I deal with the different minerals and we see the beauty of how Allah's created them and how they blend in the law of Allah with it says very clearly there must be a Lord is in charge of this. Subhanak. May Allah open the path of us. Amin. Inshallah. The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio with our program Madrasan E. Of course, developing Islam in me. Uh, I think we, we've dealt that beautifully with, with uh, what we did of the days before. But looking at the Quran for the last and looking at its purpose and the fact that this Quran was sent to deal with all the details, this Quran and his, his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa to deal with the modern world. So none of us must think ever that you and I, when we live in the modern world, that this Quran is somewhat similar to the modern world or inferior to the modern world. Instead, it was... The law of the Lord of the, unit of the modern world. So it is obviously a message superior to all the message of research, the, all the message that the people find to be able, uh, the, the, the discoveries that brought about. It's something superior to that because it came from a prophet who brought it directly from an angel who brought it directly from the Lord of everything. The seen and the unseen world has been participating in this message. So it deals with every detail. So that's why the Quran can speak about things that's going to happen. And that's why the Quran is so precise and everything is so absolutely factual. May Allah grant us to come to understand how fortunate we are to be able to, if we wish to, have some insight that we take the dive into this Qur'an and beg of Allah to open the, the mercies and the greatness and the glory of this Qur'an so that it becomes meaningful to our minds, to our lives, and that we come to love it and strive to follow it to the best of our abilities. May Allah grant us khair and barakah. May Allah pardon us for our shortcomings. We said yesterday... That this level has now taken us to the processes of all the things that we're dealing with. And as a Muslim, I was given a method in the path of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam showing me what is expected of me to do. And that was given to us in a hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he said to us, Islam was built on five pillars on five factors, five realities or five things that it is, that cannot live without. Fundamental, basic, those things which we call the faraid of Islam, 
بني الإسلام على خمس شهادة الله إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله تدريس فاسون وإقام الصلاة والسكن وإيتاء الزكاة والسفاد وصوم رمضان وصحفون وحج البيت من استطاع إليه السبيل and to perform the Hajj at the Baytullah for those who has put in the necessary effort and the ability to be able to wish to fulfill that to the best of their abilities inshallah so those are the five things that the hadith shares says to us so as a Muslim what is expected of me? It's expected of me to understand Islam. Because I'm Muslim. I extended, expected this deen, deen. And so when I've ex- entered this deen, I came to end it because of realizing the fact that there's nobody and nothing that has the power worthy of being worshipped besides Allah. And so here I am Muslim. Now, remember Peter, there are two types of Muslimin. When I say two types of Muslim, there's the person who was born Muslim. When he was born, he was Ibrahim. And they've given his name Ibrahim and he grew in his life up to be Ibrahim. And he became a young man, Allah. And Ibrahim had to make the decision. Am I Muslim or am I careless? Am I who, who, uh, just, 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 just another person Am I really Muslim as Allah want me to be And am I prepared to, from Islam Wants to grow to greater levels Do I have, want to have more insight More wisdom More understanding More commitment More s- submission to Allah And the path of his messenger Or is it I am Ibrahim a Muslim But I want to live my life That's the first one The other one is somebody who comes in he was not born Muslim. He was not born Muslim. He comes in, he was a non-Muslim. He was born a non-Muslim. He was reared by his parents, by the environment. But he either gets friends or he gets some other environment or he gets some people who guides his heart and his mind or gives him exposure and he goes to read and to see things. And he's, he finds Islam. He discovers Islam. He's excited and happy. And he falls in love with Islam. And then he submits to this religion. And he says, Ashadu, I testify, and la ilaha illallah, that there's none worthy of worship except Allah. Wa ashadu, and I testify, anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, that verily Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the greatest of all messengers. Subhanak. And he falls in love and he becomes Muslim. Then many a time that Ibrahim, that is Musno Lanka Muslim, and now he's Musno Abura Muslim, he almost asks the question, Banaji Muslim Khawat, when did you become Muslim? And I'm non Muslim already. So you can't just come up here to be that Muslim. May Allah protect. The question about the person, the Ibrahim, and that's why I'm using my name, is the fact is, and did Ibrahim, at the time when Allah gave him the ability to decide for himself, the, the time when he came out of his 
toddler life. The time when he came out of that life of just taking everything for granted. Did he come to a moment when he said, he said for himself, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I was guided by my mom and my dad and my family and my environment to be Muslim. I was given the opportunity to live Islam from the beginning. I was every day, every year I saw the month of Ramadan. Every time I was enjoying the Eids and Muslim. I was every year hearing about the Hujaj going for Hajj from a young child. I grew up like that. But did I come, if I was ready, Alhamdulillah, then myself and every other Muslim, whether he was born Muslim or other, is exactly the same. And there's no reason that we need to be able to ask, Vana Jai Muslim Khawatni. Subhanak, Subhanak, most probably he or she, but Khastan Muslim may be of a deeper, deeper, deeper level of submission to Allah and ready to carry out then you and I that was born Muslim, may Allah protect all of us and guide us with his best in our dunya and best of our akhirah. Amen. We are still in our segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And do note that you can send through your questions pertaining to the segment and that is to the numbers 072-238-0712. Alternatively, you can send through an SMS to 47913. I'm now going to be handing you over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams to continue, inshallah. Bismillah, Sheikh. Shukran Jazakallah khair for that, Yasmina. Um, just before we had the break, we were busy on the issue of speaking to us about the first pillar in Islam. Mm. And, and, but we, we actually went to all the pillars and we went to looked at all those things there. And we went into the, the uh, mentioning this, this, the first pillar, Ashadu and La ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, um, I, I would want to let our people understand this pillar, this, these words are so great and so wonderful and so powerful that if you and I understand what we're dealing with, we will rush to be part of this. We would want to be able to say it. We would want to be able to admit to that. We would want to see that we become one with it, inshallah. And so, can I ask you if you don't mind? Let us all be brave enough, open enough, wise enough. May Allah grant us insight that we all at this moment, if forever, this word is, hasn't been there for me, we say now, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yes, this is not the moment that you became Muslim. No, you are not Muslim now. You're Muslim always. But if you realize exactly what you're busy with, you would rush and you'd be quick and you'd be ready to open your mouth and almost to allow the heavens to hear you say this. So that all the angels may record the fact that you've said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People, this first kalima, really what is it? Let us go to understand what are we dealing with. I'd like to ask a question. And, and I want to stimulate your minds and yes, I'm, I'm going to take a few seconds before I'm going to answer it, but I want you to think for yourself, what is the, the answer to this? The question is, what is the greatest phrase that is greater than the whole heavens in the earth? 
if the whole heavens and the earth, all of them collectively had to be in gold, then that phrase is superior and greater than all of that. And that phrase, the whole universe in its natural format, they subscribe to that phrase. What phrase is that? I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you all have the answer. Yes, uh, the thinking that, that, that uh, where is this, what is this? The greatest phrase that there is, that's greater than everything in the whole universe. It's greater than the whole universe together. That phrase is La ilaha illallah. That none ever deserves the right to be worshipped except Allah. That everything in science, in all the sciences that they exist, the sciences of the heavens and the earth, the sciences of the sea, the sciences of the, 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 the plant world, the, the sciences of the animal world, the sciences of everything that you and I know of and we know of not, the sciences of the unseen world, the sciences of the angels, the sciences of everything in the heavens, the, the sciences of, of Jannah and everything in there, even the sciences of the fire of Jahannam recognizes La ilaha illallah. Subhanak. So it is the greatest. Can you imagine? You've just heard, you've just said the greatest term, and you've made yourself one with it by saying La ilaha illallah. At one stage, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to the Sahaba radhiyallahu anhum, "Jadidu imanakum. Please renew your iman from time to time." Now. In interpretation, revitalize your inner iman, polish your iman, cleanse your iman, shine your iman, uh, 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 um, uh, put your iman through a, 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 a spinning or a cleansing process. Jadidu, renew your iman, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the best of people that walk the earth. And they responded saying to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, how do we actually renew our Iman? How do we revitalize our Iman? How do we strengthen our Iman? How do we give it its it, it, new minerals and vitamins to be able to be strong and uh, strong? How do we do that? How do we renew it? How do we polish it? How do we make it shine and be bright again? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, أَكْثِرُوا مِنْ قَوْلِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Say those words, لَا إِلَهَ Excessive, excessive, excessive. Say it a tremendous amount. Don't say it ten times. Don't say it hundred times. Don't say it thousand times. Don't say it a million times. If you can go billions and trillions, do it continuous. For it only, but only renew. It revitalizes the Iman. It shines the Iman. It makes the Iman. And yes, all of us is in need of an Iman that is bright and beautiful and shining and vibrant, isn't it? May Allah grant us Iman of that caliber and that quality. And so, these words that you and I have just uttered, when we said the Kalima to Shahada, the first portion of that Kalima to Shahada is known as Ashhadu an La ilaha illallah.
is saying that same words, but there's just the word Ashadu in front of that. Subhanak la hawla illa billah. So yes, because now we now understand it, so we should be saying that a lot. And that we should be saying was probably the words Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah a lot every day. Nay, not in the morning when you stand up, not at night when you go to sleep only. Yes, you should be saying it then as well. But not only then. Say it what the Nabi said to the Sahaba. Do it continuously forever and ever and make it a norm in your life. And make it so a common thing that you say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now forgive me for this. I just want to tell you of some experience that I had some time ago in dealing with some people. And I, and I said to those people, Say the Karima Shahada, say, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And some people responded to me, Then she also says, No, yes, the Muslim. Subhanak. I wasn't saying that you only know Muslims now. No, no, no. I'm saying I want you to enjoy and be part of and be one with and be ready to at every moment, at every time, at every position you get to be able to be ready to shout out Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Can you imagine that everything Everything out there in the plant world are actually celebrating the words La ilaha illallah. Everything in the sky with all the isms and the ologies up there and all the sciences up there, they are all celebrating La ilaha illallah. Everything in the universe, everywhere, the whole universe of Allah that Allah has created celebrates La ilaha illallah. Would you not want to celebrate that also? Wouldn't you want to be celebrating with the whole universe the same? So be ready. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And let me just repeat again what I've said earlier when I said, do you know what is the greatest term, the greatest phrase, phrase that is greater than the whole universe together? That if the whole universe was made of the best creation, the whole universe together, then that verse or phrase would be superior to that? The answer was, it is La ilaha illallah. May Allah open the path for all of us. So yes, if you did not know, it is the greatest. There's nothing as great as that. It is, if whatever words or phrases there is, all of them comes from that phrase. And it is that phrase, it is the core of everything in the universe. It is the core of everything and everything in the universe submits tot in totality to that. And thus in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, everything, yes, every, every, every detailed thing that Allah has created submits to it, except for two. The one is called jinn, the other one is called man. Some of them do submit to it, and some of them don't. May Allah grant us to be of those who submit to it, who submit to its word and its understanding and its implementation to our lives. Ya Rabb. May Allah grant us to be of those 
when we recognize that Allah wants to give us insight and wisdom that we strive to want to love it for the sake of Allah and that Allah brings it meaningful to our lives inshallah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alhamdulillahi The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Speaking to us in our second segment I am a Muslim What is expected of me You are tuned to the program Madrasa on a developing Islam in me We are now in our second slot And that is co-titled I am a Muslim What is expected of me Shukran to those who are sent through the questions And it will be dealt later in the segment Inshallah Those questions that were relevant to the topic I'm now going to be handing you back over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams inshallah where he's going to be continuing Bismillah Sheikh A fun for that one Yasmina um, Yasmina we were busy on the section where we spoke about the first pillar the kalimat of shahada and its implementation now um, I, I, I want us to understand and with no disrespect to anybody the fundamental process of all our life of everything in our world everything in the whole creation the beginning of all of them is the cradle of la ilaha illallah but so the very beginning and the core and the base and the foundation of our deen is those words la ilaha illallah that nobody deserves to be worshipped except Allah and thus when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked the question, inform me about Islam, he said, an an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That you be testimony to the fact that there is none worthy of worship except for Allah. That none deserve to be worshipped except Allah. And you bear testimony to the fact that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. Now this comes for our understanding the fact that we need to understand our deen. We need to understand the fact that what is the core, the base, the cradle of life and the cradle of this deen? What is it that everything is built or reliable on or dependent on? And that if you take that thing away, that everything else is of no value. You, we need to see that. And we need to see the might, the quality, the strength, the depth, the intensity, the greatness within that. And how everything else is totally dependent on it. Subhanak ya illa billah. When we come to recognize that, we then open into the process of responding to it. So the response to it is, we've said, that statement is, La ilaha illallah. That our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed us that the first place, an tashhada an la ilaha illallah. That you and I need to take a testimony to the fact that there is none worthy of worship except for Allah. Now how do we pay testimony to such a fact? How do we get there? What allows us to get to come to understand that? Allow me just to take you back into history to the era of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came and was born in this dunya and saw the way this world is working and going about 
and the in intense form of maiming, maiming and killing and destroying and corruption and destruction and everybody treating everybody else with total disrespect and everybody takes himself and does what he wants and he saw how this the amount of havoc and the amount of disarray that the world was living in and how the one tribe feels himself better than the other and the one person sees himself better even as the shaitan and the, uh, uh, and so everything was uh, hunky dory in in people just doing what they want and just filling they filling a life of just as they wish and there was people worshiping but they were worshiping idols and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to the message to say to them islam want to say to you ashhadu an la ilaha illallah that nothing in the whole universe and nobody ever has the capacity to be worshiped except allah nothing and nobody besides allah is right and allah has the only right allah alone deserves it subhanak and the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam instilled this message into the sahaba building it and building it and working on them and making them understand and letting them understand and see that it is all about worshiping allah and allah alone and slowly but surely the people with insight the people with submission the people that was looking and wanting to see the truth the people that recognize that they need to find the truth had wanted to live the righteous life had wanted to be of the good and the righteous and the accepted ones by Allah those people entered the deen with the permission and the guidance of the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Rab. wouldn't you and i wanted to have been of the same ya Rab. subhanak but they were non muslims prior they live in havoc they live in uh, uh, tyranny and and destruction and corruption and and killing and maiming it was the norm it was their jahiliyyah they had accepted it was normal it must it must be like that and the nabi came and showed him that is not the norm for humanity that is not norm for sensible people that is not the norm for people with insight that is not the norm for people who want to live the, the righteousness of this world and wish for the righteousness of the year after that is not the norm it is abnormal totally abnormal it is a total abnormal state that the people lived in called a ignorant dark age of insight and knowledge they weren't ignorant because they did not know the sciences oh no that is not the reason for its ignorance they weren't ignorant because they did not recognize the powers that there is that allah has created in the in the heavens as rububiyyah no they were not they were well aware of those things they had total relationship to an understanding of those things they were ignorance of jahiliyyah of the uluhiyyah of allah of taking allah as an ilah and so the terms that we look at what is the meaning of ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam i must probably want to give you a translation at the beginning and must probably want to give you a more appropriate translation than the translations that there is available one translation says to us 
I be witness that there is no ilah except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. It is not the best form of translations. The other translation says to us, I be witness that there is no God except Allah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. That is not the best form of translations either. Of the best forms of translations is to say, I be witness and testify to the fact that none is worthy of worship except Allah. None deserves to be worshipped except Allah. And I be witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Another form of translation as an accepted one is to be able to say, I be testimony or I be witness to the fact that there is no deity of worship. A deity is something that alone deserves to be worshipped. A deity is somebody or something that alone has the capacity and the ability and deserving because of the qualities that he has, deserving of being worshipped. And we say that there is no deity. There isn't any deity. We reject every deity. That sense of being worshipped except الله تعالى سبحانك لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله But the word أشهد Where does it come from? Now um, It's probably if I have to ask you in the Arabic terms It comes from the word شهادة And what does the word شهادة means? شهادة means to testify To be a testimony to To be a witness to a fact to claim that you are the witness of that statement and that fact. Now I need to let you understand when it comes to our life that we live in today. In the world that we live in, there's different forms of witnessing. The first form of witnessing is when in the world today they say, you witness through observation. You either hear something or you see something. So you observe that and when you have observed the thing, you witness because of observation. I've seen it or I heard it, right? Or I read it or something of that nature. So you observe it, you've used your senses and through your senses, you find the ability to be able to say, I stand witness to some statement or some fact. And then there's a, a situation even greater than where you observe the matter and it says being testimony to the fact or witness to a fact in participation and participation is when you participated in an act you were busy participating you weren't just observing it from a distance because the one who observed it from a distance has got some understanding but must probably lacks a lot more of what the other who is part of in the act now the person part in the act and was dealing with the action in participation that person knows more details and most of the more specifics of those details and so his participation in witnessing is the witnessing through what we say participation an example probably I can give to you 
after the break, inshallah, we try to give you that. Inshallah, the time is now 3.34 and we are in our segment, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? That's with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. However, you can send through your questions if it is relevant to the segment that we have on the following numbers, 072-238-0712. Alternatively, send through an SMS to 47913. However, Sheikh, before we go for that ad break, a question that has come through on our WhatsApp number from the number 4803 says Salam Sheikh what do you do when a person say he is Muslim but believe that the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not the last and final prophet of Allah uh, I would love to say shukran for the, the listener out there the one who asked the question it's quite a relevant question to the, ta- to, to the subject matter but I beg of you slightly with us, we're gonna deal with the answer. I am we are busy building the ASIC, the little blocks, helping to develop everybody for understanding. If you don't mind, um, you and me and us who understand Satif deeper, that's why we ask deep questions. Allow us that we help the others to come to understand the basis and follow the trend and completion as it is. Then we deal with that. So, bear with us, I'm gonna deal with it. We cannot deal with those issues because it's relevant to the to the what we are dealing with at this moment. Slightly later, we're not there right now. Shukran so much. Yes, that is uh, the feedback that uh, she has given you. Shukran so much for everyone that's sending through the questions that will be dealt with, of course, from the number 4803. Okay, we, we were just busy on the aspect of trying to give us the understanding of the word Ashadu, right? We said it comes from the word shahada, which means to testify, to, to, to bear witness to something. And so we said to you, there's two formats. The one is through observation and the other one is through participation. But the scholars of the modern day and world that we're living in, in this day, they come up with a process where they say, you and I, sometimes we bear testimony to something. I must probably use the example here of that. You now you stand on the sidewalk and there's an accident happening in front of you, passing on the road that you're standing on the sidewalk. So you probably could give your witness to what you've observed happening there, right? And you could be telling them certain things of, of the accident that happened, right? But remember, it's, it's, it's your observation from a distance, right? The person in the car or persons in the car participating in the accident who's, who's been dealing, they have more detail because they participated in the act itself. Now, if we take that as a process, let's listen. They, they find in the model world that there's a third form bearing witness and they say that format of bearing witness, the third one, is the person was not observing anything. The person was not even participating in the thing. And the reason is, in you and my case, when it comes to Allah, none of us could observe Allah from a distance and watch Allah and say things about Allah. So how are we going to be a witness? And none of us can participate with Allah in an act where we say, I was participating with Allah, and so it is in participation, so it is not it either. What is in the format used for us to be able to witness that this none worthy of worship? The scholars of modern day and time, they use issues where they say, we use people who has done study 
to understand the makeup of man for who he is and to understand the environment that they're in and to understand the things that Allah has created for them to see and observe and through that they use their intellect and through intellectual power they come to draw conclusions worthy of the fact that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and strange enough that matter, that format is been given to us by Allah Ta'ala in the Holy Quran and Allah says to us Fa'lam through your intellectual powers that I've given you through your ability that you have the right to be able to decipher between right and wrong and what's good and bad that ability for you to be able to make the decision on a yes and a no that intellectual power that is the greatest power that I've given to you the man I want you to be testimony that the fact that there is none worthy of worship but that and Allah says فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا Be testimony to the fact with your intellectual powers that there is none worthy because if you activate your mind if you activate your and you look around you and you see the things that Allah has created you will use your observations but your observations is not what you're making you will then use the power of the intellect to be able to then come to the conclusion it is true the, 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 the intellect says to us it's impossible that there can be no God or nothing that has created the heavens and earth and it just fell in its form like nature has and, and things just happen right Na'udhu Billah that is not it your power that Allah has given us if you activate it properly if you become analytical and wanting to see the depth of what knowledge and what intellect and what the abilities is of the heavens and the earth and you don't need to have a PhD degree most probably you don't need uh, grade 4 you only have the you only should be using your mind effective efficiently and activate it and keep it alive so that you can become meaningful and you appreciate and understand that there's none worthy of worship except Allah. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abram says in the program Madrasa on E developing Islam in me and now we are going to be crossing over to our next segment and that is of course leadership in Islam and its progression. I now hand you over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. Shukran for that Yasmina. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our listeners. Alhamdulillah. Um, we are now in the new segment called Leadership in Islam and its Progression. Uh, in our last session that we dealt with, we were looking at parents as leaders and the role that parents need to play in leadership and that they need to be the leaders because they need to be able to bring lead- show leadership to their families and guide them so that they can become leaders in the future, inshallah. We then went from parents in leadership to let us understand, besides the parent, the single one amongst all of them is Allah has given this and His Rasul has given this to the father figure. And giving it to the father figure doesn't mean it's not being given to the mother figure. We mustn't be quick what the world does to often just follow in trend. No, 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 no. As Muslims, we know that everything that happens around us happens because it is coming from Allah and His Rasul. So we submit to that. We say, Sam'an wa ta'a. We've heard Allah is from Allah and His Messenger. And we say we execute that. So Allah has given the role 
as leadership as both parents initially but at the same time Allah gives the responsibility of leadership in the family so that there can be guidance and some process but also somebody can be taking the duty and right of seeing that things happen appropriately example if we on the sea in a ship then the captain is the father figure the captain is the captain the captain is a sultan the captain is the decision maker but he consults with everybody else on the ship if circumstances happens he leaves leaves himself lost there and keep and look after what he can do to be able to help the processes that everything and everybody else must be sound and he's been given the responsibility and he must look after that now the world that we're living in today the woman folk also want to say yes but was no, 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 no. Don't become so satanic. Don't become those people. I also want to know, say, rather say, I have a right as well. Let me see that I fulfill my duties. What is my rights? Right? Because when Allah has given responsibilities to you, then it's a load for you to carry. And if you feel you want to take the loads of others, you're only going to make life more uncomfortable. Allah structures us to be able to walk the path of the Sirat al-Mustaqim that will lead us to success in this world and success in the year after. And Allah's guidance is ultimate. It's the best. If only we are ready to submit to that. May Allah grant us to be those. So in the process of leadership in Islam that Allah has given it to the Father, I want us to understand, mothers, your load, Allah Ta'ala has created you, and Allah knows your load is given so much, you have so much been given. And it's a major thing. If you fulfill your responsibility and duty first and foremost, there's great rewards for you for your dunya and for your akhirah. But that doesn't mean that you cannot participate. No, as we said yesterday, that the process of leadership is not possible, that anybody can come, like we said, the captain on the ship may not and cannot, and under no circumstances, just come onto the ship and makes a decision for everybody. When circumstances is so uncomfortable, we need on the spur of the moment, because it, it, it's now, uh, he cannot now still uh, consult, it now calls for uh, uncomfortable circumstances, and he must, then he needs to take that responsibility. But that is not the norm. If he comes onto the ship, he normally consults with everybody. And these are various people and various levels. Some people is not that you don't consider them for decision or part of cons uh, uh, consultation, but the others you take for consultation. And so, both mum and dad, by nature's Allah's words, consultation needs to take place before dad can make the decision because there's certain thing things that Allah's granted in the nature of the male factor that has been given to him that he needs to carry and he needs to understand and needs to work with which is not given to the female and there's certain things that Allah's given to the female with insight with wisdom with deeper exposure that's not been given to the male so the 
for them to be able to make a decision that is only serving the male is not going to be the best. And so Allah Ta'ala puts it square and says, even thou the father figure is the one that needs to make the decision before making the decision of necessity. He needs to be able to consult with his partner so that the other aspect of femininity can be in the guidance that has been guided to him. And the mother needs to play that role. She must be able to allow that her role and her positivity and the greatest of her being is being there not to make the decision, but to be able to allow the father to take the load in making the decision, but he makes it only after consult, consulting with the mother. May Allah grant us to be of those who realize that Allah has given us the responsibility, the males, and has made you people, the male has made us, those people to be the people who needs to be able to make the decision. But it must be done with consultation. Consultation means I have a view and opinion and I share that with my partner. And myself and my partner, we share that with one another and see how we come to that conclusion or decision that we make. I mean, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio with your program, Madrasa on Air Developing Islam in Me. We are in our last and final segment and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. Before I hand you over to Sheikh, Sheikh can continue to note that Sheikh is going to also be having another workshop that's going to be on the 11th of March, inshallah. There's going to be an Elsie's River at the Siddiqui Masjid. The time there is going to be from 3 until 5 o'clock inshallah so do also bring a friend along and we hope to see you there but now further ado I'm going to be handing you over to Sheikh Sheikh Bismillah Shukran Jazakallah Khair for that Antita Shamina Yasmina Shukran Jazakallah Khair for your listeners we were on the, the issue of understanding how Allah Ta'ala have indicated to us that Allah has made the males to be the people who carry the load of decision making and that Allah Ta'ala does not reject the woman as being part of it but instead the decision making must be the lo- the sense that the woman respects her husband in allowing him to make the decision not prior to consultation and that he consults and especially initially when in life he's only himself and his wife and the only two big the other the kids are young still so the two of them need to be able to be collectively in having to see how they work with another one another and they come to the decisions that they make because there's only two of them they need to be able to see what they can do under the service and they work with one another and consultation is obviously what needs to happen so there's no space for a process of a, a person coming to say was mutsumak and sumak and they see decision right but the moment there's a third person involved according to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then the those two, when I say third person, yes, it could probably be one man with two wives, or it could probably be, and they can have children, or it could probably be a mother, a father, and a child who's at the age of 10 being drawn in to become part of development so that he can be part of decision making. He gives his view and they offer him the processes to be part of that decision making in rearing him the load of leadership and development and understanding and the need for working with as we go along in life. May Allah grant that to happen in our lives. 
that we can have the capacity to be able to allow to understand that leadership is only there so that we can prepare everybody else accordingly and we don't come and put a rule and regulation because we follow the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam executing the message of Allah ta'ala may Allah accept from all of us but the interpretation of the message of Allah in the day and time that I find myself in under the circumstances how do I do that the Sultan the person who must make the decision makes the decision after consulting with everybody the best way then we apply that matter so you can't, can't cannot now come to a decision say how do we handle the matter about drinking wine the prophet because the ruling is from Allah and there's nothing that we can add there. So you don't need to come to a consultation with people about it. That's finished. You don't cons- you consult on the method that brings about change to the circumstances that you find yourself today. Compare, and you probably look back into history in the life of the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, or the Tabi'in and Tabi'i Tabi'in, or anywhere in life, and you found that if these things has happened, how did they respond? And you see through the guidance that they got from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the message of Allah in the Holy Quran you then implement that with consultation may Allah grant khair and barakah that we come to realize it all needs to happen with consultation and it cannot happen outside that and but the law of Allah is that he the father figure the man in the house becomes the man and the responsible person when he takes the, the decision after consultation and it makes him grow and develop and it also shows his compassion and caring and the fact that he can enhance and draw in others and he doesn't take the law by saying X is in charge or he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a ruler but no um, bombastic will be sensitive. it's just like that and we just do it that way na'udhu billah it's very clear with a method given to us by Allah and His Rasul as to how we need to handle that process of developing that means of bringing the younger child or bringing the family onto the role of making decisions and especially if it happened through the Father. May Allah grant us all khair and barakah that we read, lead and read to that moment inshallah. People I want to say to you, we've reached the end of the segment and just before we make dua, I would want to say thank you for all those people who participated in the worship the weekend past. Alhamdulillah. We had quite a few people that was participating. Jazakumullah khair. May Allah reward you. Thank you very, very much. And we'd also like to say to the other people in the area, especially of, of, of the northern suburbs, welcome. We're going to be in your area the next month. So please see that you and your families and your friends come along and, and join the, 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 the workshop. I'm absolutely sure we can only but grow and develop and assist one another in the process. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us, inshallah. Allow me, we come to the area where we make dua, inshallah. We ask Allah to accept from all of us and to grant us to be able to get insight of the, the knowledge and the means to apply those means that we can grow and benefit ourselves and our families in this dunya, inshallah. And so we say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Wal-Asr Inna Al-Insana Lafi Husr Illa Al-Ladheena Amanu 
وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله رب العالمين The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio ending off our program Madrasa on e-developing Islam and we hope that you have once again been spiritually uplifted and benefited from that program Alhamdulillah so from myself Yasmina Peterson along with the producer of the program none other than Zarina Talib as well as Antia Bida Dixon Muhammad on technical duties from myself Abidu Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and you have a great day further inshallah Madrasa on A to understand and see the depth and the beauty and the wonder and was I ready to submit to that